And now, if you turn in your green Sing the Journey books to number 95, 95, I want to walk as a child of the light. And we'll sing the first two stanzas, and then we'll listen to Jeffrey as he leads us in the prelude.
Bienvenidos, familia. Welcome to you who are in the sanctuary. Welcome to you who are joining us from homes and hospital beds and travels and cars. The family of God gathers here this morning to worship God together. And we'll begin our time with an affirmation of who God is. Join me in the call to worship that is printed in your bulletin and on the screen. La salvación viene de nuestro Dios, que está sentado en el trono y del Cordero. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Amen. La alabanza, la gloria, la sabiduría, la acción de gracias, la honra, la poder y la fortaleza. Son de nuestro Dios por los siglos de los siglos. Amen. Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Turn to the song that's printed on the insert in your bulletin. All are welcome. Stand in body or spirit.
As we come into prayer today, we will especially pray for Matt Troyer, Bob and Sue's son, who underwent heart valve replacement on Thursday. It went well, and he is recovering at Elkhart General. Also, Don Minter welcomes prayer as he has a heart condition that causes shortness of breath. Join me in prayer. God, we come to you this morning in gratitude. We are grateful that we are part of this family, grateful for this transformative community. Hear our prayers for each other and for this world that we inhabit. We are grateful this morning for the gift of life. Thank you for these four new babies born into our church family in the last several months. Babies we get to celebrate this morning. Draw us into relationship with their parents so that we can walk with them and support them in this challenging and mysterious and beautiful journey of parenthood. Thank you, God, for the precious time that Caleb and his family have had at home together over the last week and a half. We pray for the whole Gunawan family as they travel to New York for chemo this week. Always, God, we pray for healing. We lift up others in our congregation with health concerns, especially Don Minter and Matt Troyer and Justin Yoder. Work through us to surround them and their families in the love of their church family. Hear our prayers for these and others with health concerns. You are big, God. So much bigger than our understanding. Bigger than this small time and space that we occupy here in the universe. There is turmoil in our town and in our nation, in the earth. We feel overwhelmed and at times helpless. Yet, you hold us. You hold this whole earth. Help us to rest in that and animate us to join in your healing work. In your holy name we pray, amen. Children, you may come forward while we sing a song together. We are marching in the light of God. This is a song that most of us know well. The words are on the screen. We will sing it first in English, and then we'll sing it second in Spanish. Caminamos en la luz de Dios, and then we'll sing it in Swahili. Siahamba kukanyen cuencos. I don't see how we can sing this song sitting down, so I invite you to stand.
what that was? What did we just watch? Yeah? Do you remember it? Yes, that's something we did to help care for Caleb last year, I think, isn't it? Yeah, that was our Encircling Fund fundraiser and blood drive that we did a year ago. And guess what? We're going to do it again this year. In fact, we're doing it in two weeks. So we've been talking a lot about the family of God. And each week we're talking about ways that we are the family of God and what it means to be the family of God. What do you think that, that we did and that we're going to do again, had to do with being the family of God? Yeah? We, yeah, we were helping someone who needed help. We were actually helping a lot of people who needed help. Let's talk about some different parts of the, the encircling fundraiser and the blood drive and see if we can think of different ways that we're being the family of God in it, okay? What do you think donating blood, do you know what that is? I just thought of that. We may not all know what that is. Caleb, do you know what that is? Yeah? You, you get to receive some blood from that sometimes, don't you? So, so some of us are able to, like we, our body makes tons of blood and it's able to make more when we need more. And so we can give some blood. We can literally have it taken out of our bodies. And it's okay, totally healthy, totally sanitary. And that all kind of goes to a, a place that sorts it into different types. And then when someone needs some extra blood, then that blood can go to them. And so that's how we kind of all help each other, right? And you know what's kind of cool? It's even possible that some of the blood that we gave last year went right to you, isn't it? Yeah. How, what does that have to do with being the family of God? Yeah, Caleb, what do you think? We share stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, if we have plenty of something, we give it so that others have enough. And it wasn't just this family of God it helped, was it? It helped beyond into the bigger family of God that we're also a part of. Okay, there's going to be some other things that are happening at the fundraiser. One is that we're, just, we're going to be raising some money for the encircling fund. And the encircling fund is something that helps lots of people in our congregation. We did this fundraiser in honor of, of Caleb and his family last year, and it does help them some, but it helps lots of other people too. And you know, probably quite a few of your families at some point have had some care given to you through that encircling fund. What do you think that has to do with being the family of God? Any ideas? You have something to say, Jaden? Not really? Okay. What do you think? Oh, you had a question about the, the blood drive. Yeah, you actually have to be 18 years old to donate blood. Mm -hmm. so, so when we do this in two weeks, 
you all can't actually give blood, but you can encourage your grown-ups to. And you can celebrate that it's happening. You can join in that part of it. So giving to the Encircling Fund helps us care for each other. That's one of the many ways that we care for each other in the family of God. We're also going to have things to do, and I'm going to list those for you, and you can think, what does this have to do with being a family of God? We're going to have a cookie competition where we can all bring cookies, and we'll taste them and vote on which ones we think are the best cookies. And we're going to have cookie decorating, so you can go decorate a cookie and then eat it or give it to someone. And we're going to tell some stories about how the Encircling Fund has helped in our congregation. And we're going to play games together. And there are going to be, there's going to be a place where we can order what are called uh, Courageous Caleb cookbooks. It's a cookbook that lots of people have given recipes to. And it's a fundraiser for, for Caleb and Matthew and Mara and their family. And we're going to have an encircling swap where you can look around your houses and say, oh, these are things I don't need, and you can bring them to the church, and then we'll look around and say, oh, I didn't need that, and I brought that, but I do need that, and you take what you need. Give what you don't need, take what you do need. Okay, so what do those things have to do with being the family of God? Huh? It's being the church? Yeah. Let's, let's let Matthew give a thought here. Huh? It, yes, we help kids like Caleb. Does it, does it do anything for the other kids at church too? Yeah. What does it do for the other kids, huh? Uh-huh. Well, I kind of think it's, a, it's okay for the family of God to have fun together too. When we play games together, we like get to know each other and have some fun with each other, right? Yeah, it helps all of us to interact and be a family. Do you ever play games at home with your family? You're a really quiet bunch this morning. You do? Yeah, we do too in our house. I think quite a few people do. And then we're also going to have lunch together, and this is going to be a potluck. A potluck is where everyone brings some food, and then everyone tastes what everyone else brought. So it's kind of like tasting the family of God. And you're all going to be encouraged to bring things that are what I'm going to call your heart foods. So maybe, maybe it's something that you just make a lot in your house, or maybe it's something that represents where you and your family come from. Uh, we've talked a few times about how we need to taste all the different kinds of tamales from different parts of Latin America. Um, so maybe we'll get to do that. So you all can maybe think with your families over these next two weeks about what some of your heart foods are so we can taste them. A heart food that Matthew and Caleb and Mara's family introduced us to is oparayam, but I don't say that right. Can you say it, Matthew? <laughs> that was Zeb. Can you say it? When I said it to Caleb one time, he didn't know what I was talking about because I don't say it right. But it's a really yummy Indonesian dish. Maybe they'll bring that. So you can all taste the different kinds of food that people in our church family eat.
at home. And that helps us understand each other a little better in the family of God. Right? All right. Let's pray together. You join me in prayer? Thank you, God, for this family. Thank you for opportunities like the blood drive and fundraiser where we get to celebrate what it means to be your family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may get your worship bags and go back to your seats. In the spirit of spontaneity and keeping all of us on our toes, we're going to implement the first of two changes in our songs for the remainder of worship today. So if you will take out the insert in your bulletins and turn to the other side, we are now going to sing O Young and Fearless Prophet rather than later on in the service. Uh, Jeffrey will accompany us at the organ and he is going to play it through once before we sing.
Our preacher today is Phil Waite. Join me in a prayer of blessing. God, thank you for creating Phil. Thank you for calling him and calling each of us into a life of discipleship. We pray that your spirit will rest upon him as he preaches and that you will open our hearts to what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew, the 17th chapter, beginning with the 24th verse. When they reached Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, yes, he does. And when he came home, Jesus spoke of it first, asking, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tribute? From their children or from others? When Peter said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the children are free. However, so that we do not give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook. Take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a coin. Take that and give it to them for you and me. The word of the Lord. We have a map up here. We have a map up here. And this map is going to be pretty crucial for us to, to understand this text. I like maps a lot. And I have a pointer here. Um, this is exciting. So you can see some of the places here, uh, which would be names that you would recognize. I'm going to, I'm going to use this screen because I think there are more people in this that, that, that can see it and would look on this screen. So uh, apologies to those of you over here who might have to crane your necks a little bit more. Uh, and hopefully uh, you can see the places well enough to identify them. So here's Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Those are places that you would know. Jericho, which is on the Sea of Jordan. Um, Nazareth, right, Jesus' hometown. And then two cities here in Galilee, this region up, this is here, it's Galilee, and that's the Sea of Galilee right there. Uh, Sephorus and Tiberias are two cities that were under construction heavily. Tiberias was a new city on the Sea of Galilee, and it was kind of the, one of the capital cities of, of Galilee. And Sephorus was a major commercial city that was was being built. And then Capernaum, where our scripture this morning takes place, would be right about there on the north end of the Sea of Galilee. To give you a sense of the distances, this is courtesy of Google Maps, so take it for what it's worth, uh, it would take about uh, 45 minutes to an hour to walk from Nazareth to Sephorus. Now, if you were a construction worker like Joseph, uh, 
the odds are pretty good that you, did, you spent a lot of time in Sephoris and you uh, commuted there to work, like probably many people did from Nazareth and elsewhere in Galilee. They, they went to Sephoris for the major building project there. Tiberius, on the other hand, was more like seven or eight hours walk, and then Capernaum was almost 10 hours walk to get to Capernaum. They didn't have cars in those days, uh, just in case you didn't know. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of a sense of the distances. Now, these two areas that are shaded in purple, is that purple? We're going to call that purple? Shaded in purple would be the area under control during the lifetime of Jesus under the control of Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas was the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great ruled all this area, and then his kingdom was divided up. They were, they were, they were both uh, tributary rulers to Rome. So Rome controlled the whole area, but it was ruled uh, on behalf of Rome by Herod the Great, and then later this area, Herod Antipas. So you can see that these two areas, Galilee and this area here east of the Jordan, are separate from Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem and Bethlehem are both in Judea. Uh, and then you have Samaria here, which is, which is where, of course, the, uh, where the Samaritans are from. And you can see when Jesus had to travel from Nazareth or from Galilee to Jerusalem, uh, the one route would be to go through Samaria, uh, through Samaria, which, of course, he did go through Samaria. Now, one thing... Uh, that's crucial about our text is there's a reference to the temple tax. The temple tax is pretty central to our passage of Scripture this morning. And the temple tax was administered by the temple authorities in Jerusalem. Now, when all this area was one region, one administrative region, all the people who lived in this area had to pay the temple tax. It was required. So there were three taxes in those days that the people paid. They paid a tax to the Romans. They paid a tax to Herod, first Herod, Herod the Great, uh, not his son Herod Antipas. And they paid the temple tax, which was put into the hands of the rulers in Jerusalem, the, the aristocrats uh, who controlled the temple, the priestly aristocratic class in Jerusalem. When Galilee became a separate administrative region ruled by Herod Antipas, it was no longer required to pay the temple tax. That's very important to comp to, for comprehending our passage this morning. So when the tax collectors come to Peter to get the temple tax, they uh, are coming from Jerusalem or they are representatives, uh, agents, of the priestly class in Jerusalem trying to get Galileans to pay the temple tax. Even though they, weren't, they were no longer required to do so, there was a sense, we, we will uh, put an obligation on you to pay it because you're loyal to Jerusalem and loyal to the temple authorities in Jerusalem. The temple tax was a major controversial issue in the time of Jesus. There were tax, the three different classes of taxes that I mentioned that were, bur that were burdens upon the people. These were poor, destitute people, subsistence farmers and day laborers and workers, 
and taxes were a burden for them. In addition, they were burdened by debt. They were required um, in, in their expenses to, to, uh, to take out loans in order to keep going sometimes. Sometimes they fell on hard times and they had to take out a loan. We know uh, how that works in our own economy. Sometimes you take out a loan to buy a house or buy a car or some other kind of thing that you want to do, go to school. Um, those of you who are younger uh, understand school debt. So they would take out loans while they would go to people with money. And who had the money? Well, the priestly aristocrats in Jerusalem. And so they would borrow from them and they would end up in debt to them. So their burdens were heavy. The burdens of the people were heavy. And the temple tax then became one more burden that the authorities in Jerusalem were trying to put upon the people, the people of Galilee. So Jesus' response to this is crucial to understanding how Jesus thinks about these issues and it's crucial to understanding his relationship to the ruling classes in Jerusalem. So what does Jesus say? Well, so Peter, first of all, Peter says, yes, he pays the tax. Peter says this not because Jesus pays the tax, but because Peter doesn't want to create controversy or conflict with these, these important people who are collecting the tax. But then he goes back to Jesus, and even before... He has a chance to ask Jesus about this. Peter, Jesus asks him a question. From whom do the kings of the earth take toll, an exact tribute, from their children or from others? It's an incendiary statement. It may be one of the most controversial incendiary things that is spoken in all of the Gospels by Jesus. Jesus is comparing, do you hear this? He is comparing the rulers in Jerusalem, the Judean elite, the priestly aristocracy, to the kings of the earth. Do you hear what he's doing? So he's saying that these people, this priestly aristocracy, is taking money to, from you in the same fashion that the Romans take money to, from you or from Herod, that Herod Antipas takes money from you. They essentially have no right to do so. And then he goes, uh, when he asks, when, when Peter answers, well, they don't, the kings of the earth don't take tribute from their own children. They take tribute from other children. And the response is, then the children are, what do the, the children are, it's in the sermon title, the children are free. The children don't have to pay. So Jesus is taking a position on the temple tax and he's saying the children are free. They don't have to pay the tax. But then he says, so that we don't offend anybody, go and get a fish from the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee, right in here. Remember, he's in Capernaum, right there. 
go get a fish from the Sea of Galilee, open its mouth, and you will find a coin. And go and pay the tax for you and for me. That's kind of a joke, right? I mean, that's kind of funny. Go find, go get a fish, and you'll find the tax there. And there are some layers there that, that you can ponder and think about why that is. It's a curiosity, but I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with that fish this morning. We'll leave the fish be. But I do want to explore this notion of the children being free. Children who are burdened with taxes, burdened with debt, burdened with labor, burdened with all kinds of other responsibilities, burdened with the cares of life, the cares of being, um, of, uh, being parents, the cares of caring for adult parents, the cares of their body, of a careworn body. They are burdened with all of these things. And you'll notice Jesus uses this word burden in a variety of places, right? He critiques the temple aristocracy for adding burdens of various kinds to people, obligations to them, not just financial obligations, but ethical and moral obligations. These people are burdened enough. Leave these people alone, is what he seems to be saying. Don't bother these people anymore. They are burdened. They are heavily, heavy laden. But this notion of the children being free raises the question, who are the children? Who are their parents? Ponder that for a moment. Who are the children and who are the parents? And what does it mean for the children to be free? Jesus uses this phrase frequently in Matthew, referring to his heavenly Father. His heavenly Father. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. Our heavenly Father. It's a phrase that's common in Matthew. And... And uh, Matthew has Jesus expressing this a lot, our Heavenly Father. The children are God's children. They are the children of God, which makes the people brothers and sisters to each other. But what does it mean that the children are free? As God's children, we don't have to pay. We don't have to pay. Now, there's this, this great line from the, the film, O Brother, Where Art Thou? And one of the characters is, uh, is, is, has been, just been baptized. And this, the, the baptismal scene in, in the, the film of Brother, Where Art Thou? And he's baptized, and he comes out of the water, and there, you know, he, he and his colleagues are on the run, and he says, well, I'm going to my, I'm gonna go back to my home. And the George Clooney character says, why are you going to do that? I mean, you know, you're, you're on the run here. You're a fugitive. And he said, but my sins have been forgiven. And the George Clooney character says, 
God may have forgiven your sins, but the state of Mississippi isn't, isn't so gracious. The children are free. Jesus is not naive about the powers of the earth exacting tribute from the children of others. But Jesus offers us hope that as God's children, we are free. Jesus founds a community. Jesus calls into being a community of God's children, a household of God's children, a new economy, a new humanity, a new people, God's children. And in this community, we do not exact tribute from each other. We do not tax each other. We do not place a toll on each other. In this community, the children are free. In this community, we are family, and we bear each other's burdens. Teresa, St. Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no hands or feet or no body but ours. In this community, we offer each other our hands, our feet, our bodies, as we share each other's burdens. Each of us carries burdens this morning. Each of us carries burdens of some kind. I carry burdens of various kinds. Burdens of our bodies, literal pain, perhaps lack of strength. We carry the burdens of the bodies of those we love, the pain of caring and loving others, which is part of being children. We carry financial worries and burdens. We carry worries of hunger and thirst. We carry worries about housing. We carry worries about conflicts that we might have with other people that we care about. We carry fear, uncertainty, worries about danger. These are burdens that we bear. But the children are free. In this space, in this community, we bring our burdens together before God and we share with one another the difficulty of carrying these burdens. We lift each other up and we lift each other's burdens up. This 
is what it means for the children to be free. Let us respond by turning to number 495 in our blue hymnal a worship book. 495, oh let all who thirst, let them come to the water. I invite you to stand.
And now we get to enact this with our offerings. Bring them forward or send them up as, as um, baskets come around. And I also encourage you to sign and pass the little black books that are at the ends of your pews. If there's someone in your bench that you don't know, look up their name and greet them today. Join together in worship with our offerings. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, through your Son, Jesus, you have made us your children. We bring to you our burdens, whatever they may be, and we ask you to lift them from us 
We commit ourselves to one another as your children, to bear each other's burdens, to walk with each other, to support each other, to be the hands and the feet and the body of Christ for each other. We ask your blessing upon these gifts that we return to you, that it might be used for this very purpose. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And for our sending song, let us turn in the purple, sing the storybook to number 113. 113, I will stand in the congregation and I will exalt you. to go celebrate new life. Head to the fellowship hall, grab some snacks and greet young parents and take joy in Corby and Wells and Mia and Scarlett, the four newest members of this church family. These words of benediction are taken from the blessing that we say to babies when they are dedicated here at our church. You are a beloved child of God. You are loved and welcomed in this church family. Go secure in that knowledge. Go in peace. <laughs>